cords untangled and make sure your TV is tuned to channel three because it's time for Fanfight VCR. I am Fanfight section head, LB Hunk Tears, and I'm joined by my co-host, Fanfight columnist. And uh, last time I said future cowboy hat owner. Are you a cowboy hat owner yet, Colette? No, I'm not a cowboy hat owner yet, sadly. It's okay. It's uncertain times. It will happen. Yeah, these uncertain times call for, um, I don't even know, fewer fashion risks. Yeah, I guess. But this is Fanfight VCR, the brand new podcast, or one episode old podcast, where we watch old wrestling matches and pretend that we're sitting on the floor of a living room playing with tapes. Who doesn't love playing with tapes? I loved playing with tapes so much. I got into so much trouble for, like, the flappy part. Oh, yeah. Like, playing with the flappy part and then, like, turning the little white roundy things yeah yeah those were the the two actionable parts of the of the cassette tape yeah i mean there's also i guess sometimes a label you could peel off true yeah but you don't want to mix up your mcdonald's copy of charlotte's web with your uh violent fmw death matches yeah you really don't Ugh. unless no <laughs> what was like the uh I'm trying to think of like the best tape mix-up like, the most Southern California story of my life, I think, is uh, I was in third grade and we were watching some PBS thing my teacher had taped off TV and it suddenly, like, did the little fuzz thing and then launched into, like, halfway into the video for Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Most of the ones She's that really I've mad. heard... Because I never had a mix-up. I, I didn't, you know, engage with people who were selling tapes or, or recording tapes. I just recorded my own tapes. Um, but yeah. the best mix-ups that I've ever heard, and, like, this is apparently pretty common, is that, like, on those, like, four-hour-long VHS tapes, like, after the event or the or the compilation or whatever, like, a lot of times people would accidentally, quote-unquote, slip in, like, just full hardcore pornography. Um which you know yeah that's not surprising yeah not surprising at all but um it wasn't just like older dudes tape trading so <laughs> i think that maybe like best of the super juniors was a was an awakening for some people that they were not expecting at the time wow that's wild i mean i guess that does make sense but <sighs> <laughs> you got to use up that space yeah i guess so Trying to think of like the people like I, I, like the tape trading like old websites I've seen and like that tracks. Those yeah, seem like the kind of people to do that shit. Oh, for sure. Like just a big list of things on a on a GeoCities site. That's such a specific type of perversion. <laughs> GeoCities right? perversion or or tape trading list perversion. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. People love lists. Oh, I hate lists. Oh, they love. I them mean, though. I rely on lists. Yeah. I need them to live. But I don't like making them. Yeah, I don't like making lists either. It tends to, like, I learn in making the list how little I know. And I don't like that. I like to be perceived as an expert. Me too. I'm really not an expert, though, at, like, anything. No, me neither. Oh, fuck. Well, aren't you glad you're listening <laughs> to this podcast? Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Also, though, that's, like, very refreshing of us, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of self-proclaimed experts in this subculture. Too many. You want to know something I'm really not an expert on? What's that? Uh, what we watched today. Yes. This FMW Explosion Pool Deathmatch Complete Tape.mp4. <laughs> I didn't watch the complete tape. But... No, I didn't either. Um, we got, I got two different versions of it because I put out a call for this. Um, it's a fairly infamous match. Um... So I guess I should probably thank the people who who gave us access to this tape. Um, yeah, it'd be uh, Ed Blair uh, and um, Words Big Eighties, whose whose real name I don't know is shrouded in mystery. Thank you to you two heroes. Yeah, because this this match it rules. It's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like needed this today. Yeah, I did too. I am yeah. So I, I think a lot of us right now aren't doing the best Mm -mm. psychologically or emotionally so what i really did need to see was six men riding a boat to a wrestling (laughs) ring in the middle of a giant swimming pool uh 
so that they could stab each other and have explosions and then splash in the water. Yeah, that's that's all anyone really needs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and thankfully, you know, this is uh, this is the kind of silliness. It's really weird to call a match that that involves the prominent use of a sickle uh, silliness. But uh, I, I feel like this is the kind of silliness that, that people who love wrestling uh, should get into. Like, there was a lot of things that I was, uh, like, considering sending your way, like uh, grocery store deathmatch, uh, bathhouse deathmatch, like, all these weird things. But um, the visual of, of six men riding, like, a dinghy. It's not even really a boat. It's a dinghy. It's like a life raft. Sorry, I don't know the, I don't know <laughs> the uh, boat. Uh, nomenclatures yeah i i really don't either but it's a very small watercraft um and like seeing these dudes ride it out to the pool like ride it through the pool uh to a ring that is floating on a on a giant floating platform very satisfying and i'd seen like the i guess there's like a highlights clip on youtube that's like five minutes not so much stabbing in it yeah i think i you know was doing one of those like watch-alongs with like a bunch of people where i'm like kind of high and <laughs> we're just like watching weird wrestling stuff like the uh the star wars um I think of those like i don't know whatever that fucking star wars matches christmas like, got in there wars? oh with the with the great sasuke yeah yeah where like c3po like hits someone yeah, with the, a chair like, and then dances Pro. around yeah <laughs> yeah you know like all those all the hits yeah all of <laughs> the, hits. the hits um so I hadn't seen like the whole thing or like the didn't know or like really paid a ton of attention to it or like no context or yeah, anything. So it was fun to like see the match beforehand. Yeah. Which I guess ends in a no contest because of swimming uh <laughs> interference. <laughs> no contest because of swimming. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Like, how how much FMW have you watched? Like, almost none. Okay, yeah. I've just seen the, like, uh, basically, like, stuff I have maybe talked to you about or talked about publicly while we've known each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you if you did watch the match beforehand, then you got, like, a little taste of, like, how dramatic uh, Atsushi Onita is. Um, yes. Before he goes <laughs> full-blown diva at the end. Um but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I skipped over that match because, um, like, I love Tarzan Goto, but, uh, and he's probably someone we'll be talking about a little later. Um, but I just wanted to get to, like, the meat of this, which is, like... Of course, yeah. This is, like, all time. Like, I can't say enough about the boat. Like, uh, <laughs> we, were, we were texting a little bit earlier, and I, 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 I called it... Uh, it was, like, Onita crossing the Delaware. <laughs> we need... I'm gonna look at the fan fight budget and just like see what I can do. <laughs> I can like commission this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the the thing the thing about that is is like as ridiculous as it sounds, it is more dramatic than every cool WrestleMania entrance I have ever seen. Um, he, no, he is like fully doing it. Yeah, like it's the exa- it's, it's absolutely wa- George Washington. Yeah, and he has such command over the crowd too. Like this was something that oh I talked God, about yeah. in uh, the Terry Funk and Onita piece. Um, but like when he's on the boat, he points to the crowd like once, and the crowd goes fucking crazy. Like they're no, so they are, stoked. They fucking love him. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. I mean, that's uh, it's like inspiring that he was able to pack all these people into this pool auditorium yeah, <laughs> with the like 80s glass uh, cubes yeah and that's that's kind of what he did like for for a long time um this is a a part of uh i think his like most famous feud uh with mr pogo um who's the guy yeah. with the sickle um and uh you know it's not like it's well remembered because of like the setup and all that and i actually think that this is like a really good match um but compared to like the kind of explosion death matches that they had under like regular circumstances, I feel like this is one of the lesser uh, seen Onita Pogo things. Um, so it's pretty cool that like this is maybe your introduction to Mr. Pogo. 
Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've seen Mr. Pogo. Before. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like I would remember Mr. Pogo because I see. I saw Mr. Pogo and was like, "Wow, if I really worked hard, yeah, if I like put my all into it, I could have a build like Mr. Pogo." <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, and you know, we haven't we haven't said everyone's uh, names that's in this match. So, like, oh, yeah. before we actually dig into this, um, this is a six man tag team match uh, that takes place in a. Uh, it's a it's a no ropes exploding barbed wire, uh, exploding swimming pool double hell death match uh, where the teams of uh, the team of Atsushi Onita, uh, Katsutoshi Niyama, and Mister Ganosuke take on Mister Pogo, the Gladiator Mike Awesome, and Hideki Osaka. And it's, it's pretty uh, I was great. looking up all these guys, by the way. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know how many people in this match have run for public office? Uh, my guess. I mean, I know that Onita was a senator. That's one of the best things about him. Uh, but I'm going to guess like three people. You are absolutely correct. It's three yes. people. One half. So, so Onita was the only one who won. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Pogo ran for Senate. Can and you lost. imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Just him showing up to the Japanese diet in his face paint. <laughs> I am sad he lost. Yeah. I think he should have won. And uh, Hideki Hosaka ran for city council and also lost. Oh, well, I didn't know so, that about Hideki Hosaka. But Onita lived their political dreams, I guess, for them. God. Uh, Onita, like, we, we won't get into it now, but um, highly encourage you to, to look into the details of his political career. Incredible. They're fascinating. <laughs> Very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, this was like, I did a little bit of research, got immediately sidetracked by this, <laughs> and uh, did not look up anything else having to do with what this feud was about. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, they were the, like, there's team, Team Onita is Team FMW, and then Mr. Pogo's team were from a different company that got like bought out. Um, uh, I'm going to explain this poorly. There is like a pretty good, and by pretty good, I mean very good and very exhaustive podcast called The History of FMW that kind of goes into this. Okay. Um, but the team, I, I, I don't know if at this point it's the Wing Army or not, but um, Wing was a different deathmatch promotion that at one point in time, uh, Mr. Pogo left FMW uh, to go to Wing for like a bigger contract and then came back to FMW once Wing closed down. Um, okay. That said, uh, like, I don't know, uh, do you know anything about the Gladiator? Uh, I, yes, okay. from the Wikipedia article that I skimmed about him. Yeah, um... And, like, I'd, I've seen his name around the Mike Awesome, not as the yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, um, Mike Awesome is, is probably what he's better known as in the States. Like, he was a former ECW champion. There's a lot of controversy about that, because he left the company with the title for, you know, a better contract in WCW. And when you turn your back on ECW, you're a wrestling pariah forever. Um, Awesome. Like, I mean, it's Mike Awesome's not a great wrestler, but he is a spectacle unto himself and I love him. And uh, it is unfortunate that the, the consequences of, uh, you know, career of taking chair shots to the head is uh, early death. But um, he's he's so great. And there's like hardly a hint of that greatness in here because he's not part of the story at all. Um, But he becomes more important to FMW later on down the road. Okay. And then other than that, like the the main players here, are Onita and Mr. Pogo. So uh, what did you think? So there's like the moment of me like adjusting to the spectacle kind of trying to figure out what's going on, like what everybody's dynamic is, what exactly the stipulation is, <laughs> uh, like how, what the like methods of elimination are. Yeah. And then like, okay, uh, somebody gets thrown into the explodey part of the pool ring <laughs> and then the bell rings. It's like, okay, that's one way to get eliminated. Yeah. Got it. Um, and uh, there's just like, I feel like there's nothing more satisfying on this earth than the feeling you get when somebody goes into the exploding barbed wire and it explodes. Oh yeah, it's so good. Like um, the brain juice I got from that was <laughs> almost enough to like get me through my whole day. Can I tell you the first thing that I thought about this match? What? Uh when Who's Mr. Talking? when Mr. Pogo 
uh, was riding on the the dinghy to the the pool. He was carrying a barbed wire baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And what came to mind was the Jim Ross call from uh, Terry Funk versus Ric Flair about how, like, despite the environment, you would think that they'd have a little bit of compassion. Because <laughs> dude, dude goes all in with the barbed wire bat like early. Really like there's does. there's no tease. Like Mr. Pogo just goes for it. Well, he's pissed about something. Yeah, he's super pissed. And he's wearing cargo pants, so, like... Yeah, so you know it's real. Yeah, he's he's not messing around. Um, and I love, like, the early early match thing where it's, like, you know that, like, the thing is, like, everyone wants to see Onita and Pogo fight. And, like, they're fighting over who's going to fall into a pool. <laughs> it's It's pretty amazing. But I feel like this match gets... And I don't know if... Or, or, like, what I really get out of this is the, like, wonderful violence of slapstick. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is, like, it's not a comedy match. It's not, like, an, it's a slapstick match. Because those exist, and I love them. But, like, there's something so... I guess, like, falling into the pool is such, like, a, you know, a classic, like, old, old, old movie comedy gag Mm -hmm. that for me it's just the like combination of that and like stabbing and bleeding and barbed wire (laughs) and explosions uh is just like really good yeah i mean i love to like the way that some of those dudes really went for it like on the on the belly flop into the pool aspect yeah um like mike awesome hits the pool so good like Onita kind of whiffs when he swings the bat at him, but it's like a double team attack or whatever. Um, and like awesome, just there's like a little like, you know, two or three foot long like platform outside of the ring and awesome like totally clears that um, and like just goes flying like almost into where the bombs are. It's it's so good. Like he's so great. He does a power bomb in this match, too, that is just completely ridiculous. Like. Somehow one of, like, the most violent things that happens in this match is his powerbomb. That's, like, one of the... That's early on, right? Yeah, that's pretty early on. Um, yeah, that was, like... Because there was, like, a, the period of adjustment. That powerbomb was, like, one of the spots where I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I also, like, I'm the here. other thing that I love about Mike Awesome, because he's, like, he's kind of not in it forever like he's not in the match the whole way um no but uh i love that mike awesome out of six people he's the only guy like confident enough in his gym body to wrestle without wearing a t-shirt <laughs> it's yeah. so good like he's the only guy at the swimming pool who's not swimming with a shirt on i didn't even notice that i am everybody else maybe in that's that match, like though. maybe it was all the shirt i felt like there's something about this that i felt great kinship <laughs> And I think it was all the shirts at the swimming pool. Yeah, no, I think that's what it was. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Pogo in a shirt at the the swimming pool, I like really connected with on a deep level. Yeah. Mr. Pogo in general is, is I think, a very identifiable person. I definitely dress like Mr. Pogo, like in middle school. (laughs) Um, Just like dumb t-shirts, cargo shorts, probably. I dress like John Cena in middle school. Uh, and like, I mean, Mr. Pogo, you, were, you dress like a middle schooler in middle yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Pogo yeah. is like a nightmare middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Yeah, he's he's like a, a bizarro universe John Cena. I love it. Oh, that's so good. I want to. I I feel like Mr. Pogo and I in middle school would have gotten along. Yeah, he was probably a really chill middle schooler. Or even just like this, Mister Pogo, but just in middle school, I feel like we would have been friends. Yeah, as like a what, like what subject would Mister Pogo teach? Oh no, I meant he's an adult. <laughs> oh. He looks like that, but he's a student, and he's my friend. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, I think Mister Pogo, Pogo would teach shop, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, he knows his way around a blade. Which I think he's yeah yeah he what, does fire breathing. He does fire That's breathing. Pretty. That's pretty shop teacher or yeah. Venice Beach. What did you think of his sickle? Okay, uh, I you you'd ask me are sick are you okay with sickles and I was like yeah yeah but I forgot about it 
So <laughs> I didn't know that I forgot the sickle was coming. I was like, I think this gets pretty violent. I forgot how though. And literally like, here is my, my exact, here's LB watching this happen. Yo, did Poco just stab Onida with a sickle? <laughs> you could just do anything in the 90s, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so gross looking, but apparently it's completely safe. Like, it's, it's. How the, did he do it? I have so no idea. Good. He did it so good. Yeah. That was when I realized I couldn't actually be Mr. Pogo because I could never make it look so good to fit, like, stab somebody with a sickle and, like, grind it in their, to their little tummy and yeah. make it look really scary, but, like, not kill them. No, Mr. Pogo's, like, an clumsy. expert at knife play, and I don't know how. Like, it's this weird magic trick where. Like, it looks like he has a sickle super deep into Bonita's, like, stomach. Like, this dude's about to rip intestines out. Yeah. But no. Like, it's, like, people are getting hit in the forehead. Like, it's like, if this dude sucked at hitting people with blades, like, it'd be a bad night. I don't know if it's, like, so, like, at my at my job, I, I sold a samurai sword this week. Um, mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a, it's a TV prop. So, like, the right. blade is sharp but not so sharp that if you touch it, you bleed. Like, it, it doesn't cut you unless you're, like, really hit someone with it. Um, okay. And, like, part of me wonders if, like, that's kind of the magic to it, is, like, it's it looks super real because it is real, but at the same time, like, it's not going to, like, really seriously fuck someone up. Like, it might be uncomfortable, but it's, like, it's it's a movie prop, essentially. Right. Um, that makes sense. It might be the but best. Still, weapon. like you have to, you have to have a certain amount of skill to like make it, because you could still fuck somebody up with it. Oh just yeah, not super easily. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like, it's it's one of those things too, where like you always see like where where Pogo is working the sickle, and it's like stomach, arm, forehead, like all places yeah. that that bleed super super easy. But like. I think that the people who are getting hit with that still have to like gig. Um, okay. Which if, if you cool. don't like, if people don't know what the term gig means, that's essentially like making yourself bleed via use of like a sharp implement, like a razor blade. Um, I guess I could have used the word blading and that would have been yeah. <laughs> just as descriptive. We talked about it in regular fan fight number two. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone. And also if you don't know what that is and you're listening to this episode about this match, yeah. like, well done. Yeah. Thank you for being Great here. Great job. You're getting into wrestling in a really good way. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, covering the, the ridiculous aspects of wrestling is, I think, just as important as the serious stuff. For sure, yeah. Um, I, I'm, there's a reason this we're doing this in episode two and not, I don't know, something I don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, yeah. I, like, the other, the, the other stuff that I kind of wrote about Mr. Pogo was, um, like essentially he's he's like the wrestling version like if Eli Roth movies didn't suck like it would be Mr. Pogo um like seriously like it's like here's here's some like gruesome grindhouse murder man but he's a professional wrestler and if you like ran a couple laps around him he'd be super winded but he'd still fuck you up <laughs> like there's no escaping Mr. Pogo I think it's a good, I think that's a good summary. Yeah. This match for me was just like the realization that like me identifying with Mr. Pogo and then me realizing I could never be Mr. Pogo. <laughs> that was my journey here. Yeah. That's, that's many people's relationship with professional wrestlers, but you chose a fucked up one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still want to get that Pogo bot though. I think I could do it. Yeah, I think so. Um, God. We could spend all day talking about Mr. Pogo because I love everything about him in this match. Like, I love that his cargo pants are violent. Um, like, they store implements for him to fuck yeah. you up with. Like, like, an actual good use of cargo pants. He's yeah. using the pockets. Like, how come John Cena's not hiding lighter fluid and a big flamethrower thingy in his in his jorts? It's just like, um, what's, what's that comic book artist who always did all the pouches everyone complains about? Oh, Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Everyone's always like, oh, what is he doing with the world? These guys need all those pouches for. It's like, you need pouches for all kinds of things. Yeah. If you're fighting, you want as many tools at your disposal as possible. Yeah. Like, I'm pro pouches, pro pockets, more cargo pants, 
more pouches, put stuff in them. Storage yeah. space is huge. I don't understand like, why... As somebody who's had to wear a lot of women's clothes for a lot of my life, <laughs> don't don't turn your nose up at pockets, assholes. <laughs> yeah, Those are I, precious. I don't know why there's not more, like, clothing storage-related violence in wrestling. Like, there's, there's, you know, classic spots like pulling a pair of brass knuckles or a uh, roll of quarters out from under your dick uh, if you're wearing, like, Speedos right. or whatever and then hitting someone Where with they- it. Wow, I never like actually made that connection. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Ric Flair's actually, you know, tucking a roll of quarters under his dick. <laughs> oh, well that's how I imagined it and decided it was like, well, Colette's an expert. Yeah, that's true. But... She knows. Like <laughs> she's worked with wrestlers. Like that's how they really do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, it just goes right under there. So yeah. well, you be- I believed you. In fairness, completely. I worked on indie wrestling and I don't think that most indie wrestlers could afford to lose a roll of quarters, so <laughs> no 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 dick tucking in that but um like finn balor could hide a roll of quarters in his jock super easy no one would know yeah they'd just be like did finn grow another one that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could figure it out it's old fergal <laughs> fucking around with the shark dna <laughs> at the performance center <laughs> imagine i bet like i'm sure vince mcmahon would let finn balor mess around with shark dna vince mcmahon would love it if a wrestler had two dicks (laughs) he would love it so much Uh, (laughs) if you that's the thing like um, i hate vince mcmahon but he and i have a lot in common for sure like I Vince McMahon is a very complicated figure in my life where like I hate everything he stands for, but he's responsible for most of the things I like. Um Damn. Have you seen have you seen the movie uh Beyond the Mat? I have it on DVD and still haven't watched it because I'm waiting it's, for the right emotional moment. There's no right moment for it. Um but I'm also haven't listened to the new Fiona Apple for the same reason. Oh man. Um <laughs> I can't help you on that one. But Beyond the Mat is uh like i i'm i'm pretty sure that vince mcmahon would love a wrestler with two dicks because there's a scene in that where he uh is essentially doing a job interview with darren drozdov who's like a former nfl player who was a wrestler until he was paralyzed in the ring um and darren drozdov's thing in football was that he could puke on command so you know one of the most famous vince mcmahonisms is uh like him handing draws a bucket and being like he's gonna puke like just go over and over again trying to get him to puke on command (laughs) in front of a documentary film camera um and i'm pretty sure that if a wrestler walked up to him with two dicks like he'd be he'd he'd do the same thing he'd be like let me see him pal (laughs) yeah um see that sounds very intense to me and i'm a very sensitive person yeah that's why i've been waiting I, i couldn't like you couldn't tell me to puke on command also there's like you know, they're seeing Mick Foley get hit in the head 700 times with a chair. And then there's the documentary camera being like, oh, yeah, here's Mick Foley's wife and kids watching him get <laughs> yeah. whipped with a chair. Um, it's a rough movie, but the, the Vince McMahon stuff in it is is great. Like the only the only better Vince McMahon appearance in a movie uh, is in the Bret Hart documentary Wrestling with Shadows, where he goes into Bret Hart's uh, locker room after the Montreal Screwjob and the camera doesn't follow but then Vince McMahon walks out and Bret Hart broke, like, hit him so hard that he broke a bone, like, broke one of Vince McMahon's bones. And Vince looks like he's been, like, punched to, like, being three sizes smaller than he actually is. It's the best. Yeah. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't even know how we got on this tangent. Um, uh, we were talking about storage. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, John Cena could carry, like... I don't know, a fork or a spike or something like that. He probably would have won the Firefly Funhouse match if he had fire yeah. in his pants. He could have brought anything. Yeah. To that Firefly Funhouse match. And he could have... Yeah. People don't do that and enough anymore. Like, that's one of my it's... favorite wrestling tropes is, like, when someone pulls something out of their, their trunk, like their trunks or whatever, and then they hit someone with it, that part where they, like, essentially, like, pull the spandex out like as far as it yes. goes to like tuck the thing back in <laughs> um 
It's super great. And uh, Mr. Pogo doesn't even fuck around with that. He's like just straight drinking lighter fluid like on the job. No, no one's going to tell him anything. It's really... It's like some of the best pocket work I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I think I can say that confidently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think when you're talking about pocket work, you're rating Mr. Pogo against other Mr. Pogo matches. <laughs> I mean, I meant across different, like, uh, thing, like out, even outside of wrestling. Hmm. I'm not. No. I'm, uh, I don't know. Like, how many other pocket related things are there i feel like most of the time they don't use pockets because they look awkward on on camera in in all of media i've I've, i mean i'm sure that people put their hands in their pockets but well there's like the you know pulling your there's things people do with pockets i only watch star trek and there's no pockets in star (laughs) there's no pockets in star trek pockets fuck that sucks yeah I don't it's know. It's a real pain. There's I gotta be. those little belts. Yeah. I feel right. like more people use, like, belt loops in movies than than actual pockets. Like, no one's pulling a wallet out of their pocket in a movie. They just magically have money. I guess the pot... I am thinking of a pocket, and it's not a real pocket. It's a mimed pocket. I don't think that counts at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mr. Pogo's at the top of this list. He's one through five. (laughs) Um, Wow, we've spent a lot of time talking about Mr. Pogo and not a lot of time talking about the, uh, like, the actual, like, visual dramatics of this match. Like, you said uh, earlier that, like, one of the most satisfying things that you've seen in wrestling is, like, the the noise that happens, or I guess that you've heard is... Like not in wrestling. Oh, okay. In all of life. In all of life, someone hitting. One of the most satisfying things is the barbed wire exploding. Yeah. Exploding barbed wire match. The exploding barbed wire yeah. is the most satisfying for me. The most satisfying visual in this match was uh, all of the wrestlers who fell into the pool doing the dead man's float. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It's so good. It's so good. Like you have to go back and, and like rewatch this because there's a couple there's a couple of guys who do the dead man's float. Um and I think like one of them is um uh Niyama. Like I think that he does the dead man's float at one point. Uh I think Mike Awesome does the dead man's float at one point. Uh and like they just look like they're they're like going to be in that pool forever. <laughs> like <laughs> no one is gonna fish them out. Like in a week, Mike Awesome will be in like the the filter of the pool. Um, it's it's pretty great. I also love that like Onita doesn't hit the water at all, but ends up wetter than everybody else. Yeah, because he's the star. True professional. When you're the star, you don't have to hit the water, and you get to be the wettest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the amount of like just drama that he like. I was, like, ready to move on. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll sort of pay attention to the ending promo. There's no subtitles. I don't know what he's saying. I was, like, with him. <laughs> he's yeah. on the mic at the end. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. And Whatever then he's, you're like, saying. helping his buddies out. And then you get to the back, and his friends are, like, practically dead. <laughs> um, yeah, his, like, the, the post-match stuff that Onita does is, is pretty commonly referred to as Onita Theater. Um, and it's just as popular as his matches. Uh, he has like a it's very, great. yeah, it's so good. He has like a very distinct voice. Uh, you don't need to understand Japanese to like get into the emotions of what he's doing. Um, and he is 100% emotion. Like he is, I don't know if someone were to ask him to, to play it subtle, I think that he'd be incapable. Like he is the loudest person in the room, even when he's not saying anything. Uh, and it's, it's pretty great. Like there's very few people I think who are like kind of on his level for like physical and vocal charisma. Like Dusty Rhodes is up there. Like, I think Dusty's my number one and like Onita's like definitely very, very high up on that list. Yeah. I was just like, so I forgot about, there was a third leg of my journey in this match. (laughs) And that third leg was, I want to be supported. (laughs) 
want to be supported by Onita. Yeah. Like that. That's what I want. So that's And like, a... again, maybe it's, I'm like, you know, quarantine brain. I miss human contact. But just like watching him just being like a good friend. Yeah. He is a good his friend. buddies to the back and like tending to their little wounds on the floor and getting them to the ambulance. Yeah. Like, I, I would love that sense of camaraderie. God, the only thing... Specifically with Atsushi Onida. Yeah. I mean, he's... with any friend, but, like, that would be pretty chill. Yeah, I would love I would love for Onida to be my friend. Um, the only bad part about that ending is that a lot of times with FMW tapes, like, there's... Everyone goes in the ambulance at the end of every tape uh, that I've seen, at least. Um, which is great. Like, what a great convention to bring back every single tape. Um, but usually when, like, as soon as the ambulance doors close, like, this big, like, heavy guitar riff plays. <laughs> um, and there's no heavy guitar riff in this match. It's very, like, contemplative. Uh, it's very sad. Like, oh no, Onita's friends are hurt. But, like, usually if it's, like, Onita going to the hospital, it's, like, you know, the the encore at a rock concert. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um that's wonderful yeah yeah uh yeah i don't know it's really like i feel like the way that we've been talking about this match kind of does a disservice to everyone that's not onita or pogo but like even someone like you know mr ganasuke who's who's a really big figure in in fmw history like this is not a showcase for him outside of like him being you know sacrificing himself to eliminate uh pogo like with that crossbody uh, which how awesome that's so good oh my god yeah the the double yeah yeah i i love that spot where where ganasuke like hits pogo with a with a cross body off of the platform into the water like that's like real hero shit that also yeah. like saves a concrete finish between onita and pogo for like a bigger show um it's like it's it's great booking like it's so good um I know that, like, for some people who watch FMW, particularly, like, this era, like, the Onita era of it, like, some people who don't get it, like, kind of get annoyed at how Onita-centric everything is, but, like, I don't know, like, uh, Ganasuke was, was, I would say, like, probably the number, like, he was the number one heel during, like, the Hayabusa era later on, um, and he has, you know, a, a huge number of good matches under his belt, too, um, and this is, like, kind of part of building him up. Um, you know, he takes out the bad guy and then Onita immediately turns around, chucks Hosaka into the, uh, into the barbed wire, (laughs) power bombs him. And that's it. Like the pace picks up at that point. I feel like it's hard to not do a disservice to this match in talking about it Mm -hmm. just because it's like so much of it is the tableau of this match. If that makes yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, mean, you can't really do it just like you should like l- listener. If you, even if you can just see the like watch the highlight video on YouTube, just watch that. It's great. Yeah, the point experience this. Like the point of this is not the match at all. Like it's not about work rate and it's not about moves and it's, you know, it's barely about cogent storytelling outside of like a couple of of like I said with the Ganesuke and Pogo spot um it's it's about the spectacle of the thing like hey we built a giant raft in the middle of a pool and we're gonna put a wrestling ring on it and if that's not enough we're gonna blow up stuff (laughs) like (laughs) um and it's gonna be pretty sick because it's on a pool y'all in and if the answer to that question is no like then this match isn't for you um and it wouldn't matter who's in it but it helps that, you know, one of the people in it is one of the most charismatic wrestlers of his generation. Uh, and the other one is uh, a dude carrying a sickle. <laughs> but I think it speaks very highly to Mr. Pogo. Yeah. That he's able to, like, stand out and was able to make as much of an impression on me watching six dudes, one of whom I've seen before. <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. In such a spectacular, distracting match situation that he's still able to, like, be something I can be like, okay, I'm into this specific guy. And yeah, it helps he has a sickle. Yeah. I mean, he has an amazing vibe. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like, it's a spectacle, but like, we see a lot of big spectacle in wrestling. And there's also like some powerful vibes that are indescribable happening in the whole thing for me. Yeah. Where I was just like, which is why I can't, I, I like definitely can't do the match justice in talking about it <laughs> because so much of it is just like, I love experiencing this, this feeling I have of watching not just the spectacle, but like every like aspect of this bizarre fucking aesthetic. Yeah. I, and that is what it is, right? Like it's an, it's the aesthetic part of it. Um, like I was trying to track down like when this match happened and like while I was scrolling through um, FMW wrestling.us's like really comprehensive list of FMW shows, there were countless like during the year of 1994 barbed wire street fight, barbed wire street fight, barbed wire street fight, no ropes, barbed wire street fight, <laughs> no ropes, exploding uh, barbed wire street fight, like just like over yeah. and over and over again. But like, if you watch those matches, like, they work. They never stop working. Like, it takes... I think it takes a genius to come up with something, like, this stupid. Like, it's stupid. Um, but to come right. up, like, with something that dumb and not just sell it to people, but make it seem like the smartest thing in the world. Like, a logical extension of professional wrestling is this match where people are getting blown up in a pool. It, it like it makes sense and it shouldn't yeah it it's incredibly impressive and like truly commendable that it works i wish that they would have not just on a for boat, the novelty though. factor sorry if this were like not to not to compare things but like if this were a uh a wwe style cinematic wrestling match they would have definitely fought on the boats like they would have tried to like joust with the barbed wire bats on the boats you know, sometimes when you're doing something for the first time, I'm assuming <laughs> this was the first one of its kind. <laughs> the only one. Okay. You, like, miss things that in hindsight would be obvious. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, like, it does seem now, yeah, that would have been ideal. You don't want to give up control, I guess, like, in a wrestling match. Um, and if you're on a unstable boat, and you're not supposed to be the one who gets knocked on their ass into the water. Oh, and I guess if the water is set to explode when you touch it. Um, oh, damn. This idea went from being really good to being inconsistent with the match. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think there should be more boat wrestling. Yeah. No. In general? Boat violence in general. Boat violence. Yeah. We need more of it. <laughs> and not like, I'm not talking about stupid, boring shit like war. Yeah. And the Navy. Yeah, or... I'm talking about professional wrestling. Yeah. Boat nonsense. Like, there wasn't enough boat-related violence on the Jericho cruise. Oh my god! Offensive to me, Yeah, honestly. like, oh, we threw MJF into a pool. Like, y'all should have, like, tried to drown him in the soft-serve machine's ice cream. You could have thrown him in a pool at someone's house. Yeah. You could have... Yeah, and, like, seemingly every other wrestler in AEW has a goddamn pool. People falling into pools is, like, a joy, for yeah. sure. Oh, man, but they the should have, like... It's 2020, and this pool isn't even exploding? Yeah, like, y'all aren't fuck? even, like, setting up, like, a, a chair bridge, but with, like, deck chairs? Oh, my God! I want to see someone get powerbombed into a deck chair and have trouble getting out of it. I'm so <laughs> pissed. <laughs> I want this so much. Yeah, people, I guess I should take back the part where I said I'm not an expert, because if you show me an environment where wrestling can happen in, I will tell you all of the best possible spots for it. That's one of them. That's such a skill. That's such an important skill. Like, where's where's the moonsault off of the upper deck balcony? People have done moonsaults off of balconies before, but this one's on a damn boat. You know how cool that would be? If honestly, if they'd had Kota Ibushi on that cruise, he would have done oh, it. Oh, he would have done it. Like he no would have figured out all kinds of good shit. Yeah, because like, he's dumb as a rock, except for these things. Yeah, he would have like the only intelligence that matters. Done a six one nine off of like the mizzen mast or something. Presuming cruise ships have a mizzen mast. <laughs> I don't know where those are on a boat. <laughs> I, I actually don't know what that. I I heard mast, which I kind of know what that is. Yeah, on a boat. So. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's a boat. Yeah. They all have those, right? They got masts. You have to have to have a mast on a boat, unless it's a dinghy. Or like fighting through the cabins. Yeah. There's so much to do on a boat in pro wrestling. This is unexplored territory. Honestly, like the, uh, after the Okada cruise thing, or maybe it was, maybe, maybe it wasn't after the Okada cruise. I think it was after the Jericho cruise, but my Stokely Hathaway tweeting the Stokely Hathaway cruise is just going to be on the Staten Island ferry (laughs) and he's just going to do a Staten Island ferry anywhere match or whatever. Like, I still want to see that. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I would love to see a, a match on the Staten Island ferry. Damn. I'm sure it's happened. Like, wrestling. two people have definitely fought on the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah, but not as a wrestling match. True. It is like better with fight... narrative. And, like, fights aren't that good to watch. No. Mostly. No. Like, I'm still learning how to watch, like, enjoy watching professional fighting. Yeah. Which, I mean, it seems like it's a project that's going well for you. It's going pretty well, but Danielle's also helping me a lot and showing me, like, cool, fun stuff. Yeah. Most of it's not that cool. Well, you know... One of the... I mean, like, MMA is cool, and it's brand new. Yeah. Pretty much, to the world of fighting. In the history of fights on the Staten Island Ferry, I don't think there were a lot of, like, cool grappling chokes. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, <laughs> there's just someone giving star ratings to Staten Island Ferry fights? <laughs> 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 like, here's a six-star Staten Island Ferry match. Didn't think anyone was going to take it past five, but this one had everything. It had right That is hooks. the list pervert I want to meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That guy. Oh my god. What a perfect life that would be. Yeah, just two people start fighting on the Staten Island Ferry and someone pulls out the stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta get the bell the to bell The legal time. pad in the stopwatch. <laughs> just taking notes real fast. Yeah, those are my favorite people at wrestling shows. <laughs> the stopwatch guys? The stopwatch guys. They're always there. Have you ever seen one? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that, like, you, you go to a, a PWG show. Yeah, I was going to say, you go to PWG shows, so, like, they don't even need a stopwatch. <laughs> Just say, like, 20 minutes, 21 seconds every match, and that's probably close enough. There's also stopwatch guys, though. Yeah. Well, they got to make sure that it's not 20 minutes, 24 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, stopwatch fans. Do you, are you talking, there's a stopwatch, there are stopwatch guys who, like, work for the wrestling? No, 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 no. Like, they're just hobbyists who, like, have a stopwatch so that they can take exact, like, ring time. Okay, yeah, that's what I was talking about, too. Just making sure. I mean, PWG matches are all 20 minutes long, though. Yeah. Like, some of them should be five, some of them should be 12, all of them are at least 20. Yeah, they're, I mean, I wouldn't even start the stopwatch until 20 minutes. (laughs) Uh, there's a guy, there's a definitely one guy who always has a stopwatch and I think hits his, he's the, the timekeeper and updates the databases. I mean, done. if he's the official PWG. No, he's time- not the official timekeeper. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, he might be now, but whatever. They just saw him in the crowd with a stopwatch. This is our fucking like, hey, guy. you, kid. <laughs> Excalibur. Kid, you got something. It's <laughs> <laughs> a stopwatch. <laughs> one we forgot it it's in super dragon's other car along with his cds that aren't appetite for destruction (laughs) oh uh that's like a fun pwg thing uh they own like i think maybe they found another cd but for a while they were only playing appetite for destruction before the show at intermission and then after the show which is kind of okay it's like it's a great album did they get through the whole thing well on a weekend on like Ebola, for example, like the three night tournament mm-hmm. where you're there three days in a row, you do get through it. And then you, they do start it over again. <laughs> yeah. And you are listening to Night Train, night three, for yeah. the, you don't know how many times it's been. Oh, even better would be My Michelle. Like, I, My Michelle has like the best opening line in like any song. It's so good. Like, where Axl Rose just like rips and goes, Yeah, daddy, wax and pawn out. Like, that shit rules. It's so good. <laughs> I was thinking of Night Train specifically because uh, at a show, I was standing at the bar waiting for my drink, and some guy I thought was talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what? sorry, I can't hear you because it was loud. 
keyboard and started singing along with Night Train even louder. And I realized he was just singing along to Night Train. <laughs> and I really thought he was having a, trying to have a conversation with me. And it was very embarrassing for me, a person with terrible social anxiety. <laughs> Who was, usually has to be very high to go to those shows. So. <sighs> that is a really good PWG story, though. I am also very sorry for singing. <laughs> Don't be sorry. I'm, I'm from LA. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. You've been it's... to the Whiskey a Go Go. You know what's up. Have I been to the Whiskey a Go Go? Probably not. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been to the Roxy. Oh. It's such that's such a shitty part of town to hang out in. I hate that area. Yeah. Is it shitty for like? Is that where Skid Row is? No. no, it's like super like, okay, uh, this area is like the western, westernmost part of West Hollywood, where West Hollywood borders with Beverly Hills. That's where the Whiskey A Go-Go is. Okay. Um, it's super fancy. Oh, every story about hair metal has, lied to me. Every story about hair metal was lying to you. Yes, that is an <laughs> incredibly expensive part of town. Um, right above, like it's right next to the hills, like... Super, super rich people live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, at least in the 2000s, it was just people doing, like, 80s rock and roll cos- lifestyle cosplay all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just LARPing. And so there were, like, 80s throwback hair metal, like, concerts to go to. Like, cover bands and stuff. I don't know. It's fucking... It's a bad vibe, though. So oh, fun. yeah. No. I... I would never go it's real bad vibe you could play like with the whiskey go-go at least when i was in high school was like a pay-to-play place where like if you were a band you had enough money you could play there Mm. same with the roxy so those are all terrible bad vibe like people dressing like johnny depp and doing a lot of cocaine (laughs) yeah that is a bad vibe that's one of the worst possible vibes (laughs) (laughs) but we do have incredible civic pride in guns and roses um which makes sense because they are you know some good some good tunes yeah i mean so i will never object to having guns and roses sung to me yeah appetite for destruction is is one of the all-time like meathead anthems i love it it's one of my favorite albums it's a great album yeah no disrespect here no disrespect to Appetite for Destruction. No disrespect to um, Stopwatch Perverts. Uh, <laughs> the guy at the on the Staten Island Ferry, you know, cataloging fights. Nothing but respect to you. <laughs> I'm pointing at my microphone and realizing it's not picking up, but I'm just like emphasizing: if you exist, you are the coolest. <laughs> yeah. That's a good I mean, scene project. <laughs> the Staten Island Ferry fight yeah. catalog. Yeah. Oh god, that would be that actually is a really good scene project. Yeah. A lot of rides on the ferry, but totally worth it. Yeah. Damn, I think we've got like we accomplished some good stuff here today. Yeah, I think so too. Um, god, I love More I love fights. this match. Yeah. Sorry for digressing so much though, and telling you about my. Uh, the dumbest parts of town this match is amazing yeah it's super good yeah it's very easily it's fairly easily accessed so if you're listening you should watch it you totally should and yet it's since you can't get it you know all the way on youtube it still has the allure of something that you have to work towards acquiring which is nice and having i don't know i just love a year promotion Match titled Complete Tape.mp4. <laughs> Just has a good vibe. Yeah, that does feel pretty good. I would love to be able to, like, it would have been really good to watch this on VHS, though. Yeah. Like in, I don't know. Like, was, this stuff was all, like, super influential on oh, massively. US dipshit wrestling, right? Yeah, ECW. I said dipshit stole again. Nothing but respect for the, for the dipshits of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. ECW stole from it, and both WCW and WWE stole from ECW. So, in essence, like, some of the stuff from FMW is 
of like the like I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of put into context how influential FMW is, but it's it's a massively influential promotion. Um, its two main stars are two of the most beloved you know figures in the history of Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Um, and this is you know I don't know if this is like peak Onita or not. It might it might be. It's pretty close. Um, but you know it's definitely like the kind of thing where like if you've never seen him before and and don't get the hype, uh, it's worth watching. You know, either something super goofy like this or, um, you know, just a regular exploding ring death match. Uh, you know, <laughs> the word regular being a strange adjective there. Um, and you should get it right away. Like, he is impossible to turn your eyes away from. I mean, I have never before, like, wanted to commission a, a painting. <laughs> <laughs> A wrestler as George Washington (laughs) crossing the Delaware. So, I don't know. That's got to say something, right? Yeah. No, it totally does. Oh, sorry. I hear your dog sounds. Yeah, he just just came in from a walk. (sighs) Um, But yeah, no, that's that's what I have for this match. It's great, and you should watch it. And, uh, you know, you should definitely uh, stick around for the end where... uh, Onita contemplates the horrible violence of his life. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm back to thinking about how much I want more water violence and explosions <laughs> and boat matches. Pocket. Pocket violence. <clears throat> if you're a wrestling person, you should listen to these ideas. Yeah. And then hire Colette to for you yeah absolutely nick gage needs to <laughs> get into pocket violence he's got tons of pockets so many pockets that does it for us this time if you liked this please rate and review the show on whatever you're listening to it on it helps we love it thank you you don't need to like give a real review you can just say good or <laughs> boats yeah something like that but oh, five stars if like, one of you leaves a thing that says boats <laughs> That'd be great. Please do that. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, I mean, don't. Please don't. But if you do, you can email them to podcasts at fanbite.com. Put fanfights VCR in the subject and hopefully it'll get forwarded to me and we'll read it. Maybe we'll read it on the show. I don't know. We need this episode two. It's all up in the air. Write us a really good email. You could inspire a whole new segment. Yeah. And that would be your claim to fame forever. You can read all of our... <laughs> Don't laugh. This is, it's a very prestigious claim to fame. You can read all of our wrestling coverage at fanbite.com slash wrestling, which is fanbite with a Y. Uh, most of that is really, really good. I did a... Most of that. Yeah, some of it I wrote and it's <laughs> not very good. <laughs> So don't, yeah, like don't read my AEW recaps. They fucking suck. This is this is um, amazing. Everything this is like, else is great. If a wrestler were like, most of the time I win my matches, but this time I'm not so sure. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but we do have really good wrestling coverage. Lots of good articles. Colette has a weekly column. There's tons of good free features that have come out like just this month. I did a whole thread about it on Twitter. Felt all proud of myself for putting together a site that I enjoy reading and I'm proud of. You should would enjoy reading it too and be proud of me <laughs> or not my writing, but maybe my compilation of other people's writing. Um, check out the other shows on this feed. I do another show with Danielle Riendo called Fan Fight, where we watch MMA and pro wrestling. This week, spoiler alert, we're watching Pancras. I'm really excited. Um... There's also Sports Middle, where they talk about sports. There's other shows on other fanbite feeds. There's a show about movies. We... Video games. I don't know. It's great. So check it all out. Colette, where can people find you? Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at Colette Arend. Uh, C-O-L-E-T-T-E-A-R-R-A-N-D. Cool. You can find me also on Twitter. Probably talking around, but not about... The uh, Chinese drama I just finished called The Untamed. Not going to talk about it, though. Uh, At Hunk Tears. (laughs) Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.